Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast, brought to you by Rocket Agency. I'm your host, James Lawrence. Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast. I'm here today with Ian Calvert. Ian, welcome back to the pod. Oh, thank you. It's good to good to be back. It's good, good to be invited back. You never know how well you do or well, if uh, right. you said things to offend people. You're one of our repeat guests. You're Mr. E-commerce, as I call you. I'll take it. <laughs> That's right. We were chatting before the pod. You're, um, you're zooming in live and direct from Thailand. I'm a bit, bit envious. Yeah, it's funny. I'm always a bit dubious to sort of, I, I don't know how to classify myself because I think a lot of people think of like digital nomad if you're working in different places. Whereas me and my wife, we're in our 40s. I work for myself. I work remotely. She works for a fully remote business. So basically two or three months of the year when it's winter in Melbourne, we just go work somewhere warm. It's not bad. And that's the, that's what we that's what we've done since 2017. Yeah, COVID well. was a bit of a put a bit of a scuffle sort <laughs> of like in that. This year is a little bit different. We're overseas for four months because we rent and we rent and invest and we had to move twice in eight months. So we decided to put our stuff in storage and just lead into it and go see some family in the UK, do some stuff in Europe, Japan trip, and then we're here for like six weeks. Oh. So we'll go back at the end of September, find somewhere to move, which will be a pain because October and e-commerce in October is really busy. But it's a great seg- it's a great segue into the topic of today's conversation. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say um unfortunately, but it's definitely not unfortunately. But having children, having young children really curtails my um ability to leave the nation during winter for three months at a time. Um, but for, yeah, for those of you that didn't listen to Ian's pod last year and who, who or who don't know of, of Ian, so Ian ran one of the largest independent e-commerce agencies in Australia for many, many years. That's when we crossed paths. Been an independent e-commerce coach since 2018. He's worked over his career with lots and lots of brands like Billabong, Vogue, Quicksilver, hundreds of other brands, big and small. I love chatting with you because you're just e-com and it's great to be able to speak to someone that does one thing and does one thing really, really well. So it's great to get you on the pod to to share expertise in that space. He's also an e-commerce advisory board member at Submarine by Disco Labs. I do want to dig in deeply into Black Friday, Cyber Monday, but before we do, like, what are you seeing out there? We're kind of now just past the halfway mark of 2023. It's definitely a, um, a challenging environment, I think, for many businesses, particularly many retailers. So what are you seeing in online retail across all of your portfolio and all your clients and businesses yeah, you and it's a, it's a really good way to lean into Black Friday because we'll, we'll talk about how you approach Black Friday based on the position you're in. So yeah. uh, across the industry, it's a really mixed bag. It's really interesting. There's There's definitely a lot of pain out there, but there's also business is doing really well there's a business that i work with that they're massively up on last year like massively like literally we're looking at the numbers each week and like wow like wow this is good now their product appeals to a wide market and is value-based but it's still possible to do well at the moment but i really do think it's industry by industry so i think a lot of discretionary spending for people that have got big mortgages is difficult so there's lots of fashion bits bits and pieces that are are going sort of like pretty pretty tough yeah a lot of the businesses that have just faded from sort of like covid too whereas they they're essentially just run off facebook ads where you could get a cost per sale at like five dollars and they're selling a 30 dollar widget then they just try and sell and essentially is it not viable sort yeah. of like anymore retailers sorry let's i never want to say omni-channel i always think that's a really weird technical not technical like industry thing to say 
retailers with stores and online, <laughs> the mix between the online and the offline has really started to kind of like flip sort of like back. Back, so, back to what it was pre-COVID kind of thing. Exactly, because people want the experience. They want to go in store. There's, there's actually only one brand I now work with that doesn't have a like a physical presence because yeah. essentially it's, it's diversifying that sort of like mix. And what we what we see is that the conversion rate for online is higher around where those stores are. I was actually consulting to a business the other day, like we're going to shut our store. We've been running it 15 years. It's a real pain sort of like to run. I was like, do not do that. Mm. That is a terrible idea. Rene- renegotiate your lease. That is a really key differentiator sort of like for you. But yeah, yeah I mean, look, ad costs continue sort of like going up everybody's trying to pitch that loyalty and retention is the savior and you're like yes you want to do that but unless you're retaining a hundred percent if you retain a hundred percent of your clients you're going to be flat if you don't retain a hundred percent you're going to go down so you've still got to acquire sort of new ones yeah yeah that's kind of roughly sort of like what i see sort of like a, across the market and it comes back to really good fundamentals you've got to be profitable per sale you've got to manage those costs really really closely You've got to know what your gross margin is. You've got to know what your percentage you're spending on advertising is. Yeah. And you have to pull those levers on a weekly basis. Yeah. And in terms of the channels we spoke about last year, like any trends in terms of Facebook heading in a certain direction, any impact of Amazon, like just the big stuff, any like any, any impact of TikTok, obviously a huge rise in impressions and time spent in platform in Australia. Like are you seeing much from an e-com angle there? Facebook is getting better. The uh, Advantage plus shopping campaigns are really good. The broad targeting is good. The interface is actually getting a little bit better. Yes, I, <laughs> sort of I can tell you, yeah. you, don't, you didn't even want to say that. Can, <laughs> I know how you feel well, about I it. Just, look, look, there's lots of people here that work with Facebook day to day. And, you know, if you want to have events, then you know, I've got a little post up on LinkedIn that will allow you to vent <laughs> on sort of some of the issues you have. But I think it's... Uh, they're adopting to like to the new norm, but it's business by business, right? And this is always the case. And I know the classic thing for a, a marketer to say, and I actually call myself a reformed marketer now, is to say it depends. But I think understanding that nuance of that it depends is really important. So let's say, for example, off the top of my head, I've got one client that's doing really, really well, that the majority is Google Ads and it's Pmax and broad match keywords. I would never have thought when mm. we first met many years ago that I would be spruiking broad match keywords. Yeah. But yeah. through running tests, I've seen that makes a difference, but their product is searched for. As far as TikTok goes, for me, I have never worked with brands super closely where it's done really, really well for them. But that might just be the demographic of those brands. The targeting's not as good. There's challenges around creative and stuff like that. The fundamentals of uh, the right mix of Google ads meta ads email marketing some affiliate marketing still works really really well it's just getting that kind of sort of like mix it's finding that mix for each of the sort of like the businesses basically and measuring at a PL level how much you're spending across all of them not trying to attribute to individual channels just going have we baked the right cake so i have this new analogy that i'm that i really like is that Everybody tries to attribute to a different marketing channel what's making the difference. Whereas I think what we have to do is we have to go, I baked a cake and it tastes really good. Hmm. It's not because of the flour we put in it. So let's put more flour in, Hmm. right? We can control the ingredients we put in, 
Whereas let's pretend that the oven is controlled by somebody else and that's the economy and the, and the economy will go up and down heat wise. Sometimes it's going to stuff the cake. What can we actually control? Maybe we can open the door a little bit to let the heat out. But as far as let's look at the individual ingredients, what's the mix together? Is that working for us? And then adjust sort of like based on that. I never thought we'd be talking uh, baking cakes on the pod. Mate, we're of an age now. We're of an age where baking's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, ne- I'll never admit it. Um, but yeah, I like it. And I think the, um, like, obviously you do want to be running experiments and what channels are working and to what level. And I, th- I think that's the point, right? Is that every client, the mix will be a little bit different depending on who their customers are, what their product is, pricing, those types of components. Um, but yeah. it is yeah, generally pretty difficult to... Can I actually just add on running those experiments? Mm. I think this is actually really key with all the, the businesses that I coach. That This other analogy I use is that let's say there's 100 levers in front of you as running a business and 10 of those will control your business, but you don't know which 10. So you've got to pull them to see what it does. And there's a question of which ones you pull and how long you pull it for. Yeah. So me personally, let's say if we try TikTok ads, the way I've been doing it is go, right, we'll run it for a month and we don't care what it says in the advertising platform. We'll use that to optimize, but have we made more sales based on this time last year, taking into all those other factors? Essentially, it's a money in, money out thing. So rather than testing for like a day and then going, no, we're not going to do it. It's actually there's a period of time that you test for to know categorically if it works or not. Yeah. So in data science, it's called a black hole test. You basically turn it off and see what happens. Yeah. Which um is can, can be risky, but but you learn the most. Honestly, that is where I've learned the most. It was I can't remember if I've mentioned it last time, but when I was kind of cutting my teeth working for Billabong in the UK, we it was costing like it's costing I think it's like fifteen pounds to sell a Billabong T-shirt through Google Ads, and the Billabong T-shirt was twenty pounds. So by the time you take off the cost of goods and stuff, it's you're not making money, right? Yeah. We turned it off. We put it into sort of like SEO, and there's a there's a, a lag time for that stuff to come in. And within two or three weeks, we saw our overall sales going down because direct sales weren't happening. There's a, a combination of it. We took the flour out of the cake. Mm. Mm. It didn't rise. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was a flourless chocolate cake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which can work, but often it doesn't. I guess yeah. Um, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yep. What are your thoughts? How do we engage? How do we plan? Should we engage? I think there's a lot of really good advice out there on Black Friday, and I think many subjects are are kind of covered. What I think will be important for people listening is to go, what advice do you take? What levers do you pull? So let's say all the advice out there, like Shopify just put a really, really good report out there on how sort of like to plan. And there's there's loads. There's, yeah. there's loads of stuff. And there's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff too. Think about each of those pieces of advice. They're one of the levers that you then want to pull to see if that's going to work for your business. Yeah. So what you actually want to do is you need to assess where your business is and what you want to get out of Black Friday. Essentially own Black Friday. Don't let Black Friday own you. Yeah. It's a very easy way. It's very easy to get caught up in the, oh my God, we have to do Black Friday and we have to do a massive discount and we have to spend loads on advertising. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you do a genuine 30% discount on, let's say, site wide, right, which will get a big lift in sort of like sales, you do 30% off, that's basically pretty much 30% less to your profit. Mm. Right. And then you're going to spend. of your revenue on advertising, 
you're making a loss. Mm. And then people are, oh yeah, but we do that to get our repeat customers. Yes, but do you get repeat customers? Yeah. Like are 40% of the people that are buying for you, are they coming back or is it a one-time thing? For example, like there's an e-commerce business that I bought that I run sort of like on the side. It's really just one or two products. There's no repeat sort of like customers. So each product has to, each sale has to be profitable. Yeah. I'm not kidding myself that I can get repeat customers. Yeah. So let's say you run a furniture business. You might get some repeat customers, but it's not like you're buying moisturizer sort of like each month it needs to get refilled. Yeah. Let's say you go into Black Friday and you want to acquire customers because you know you're getting a load of repeat customers. There's an approach to sort of like take them. But ask yourself what you want out of it. Is it a case of we need to clear this stock because we've got too much stock? We overordered because we were worried about not getting it. If so, and let's say some stock expires, let's say you're selling mattresses and they don't expand after a certain amount of time, mm. right? We want to clear this stock like that's our goal from Black Friday or we want to um, promote like a new product or we want to increase our repeat purchase rate. So there's an offer for existing customers. It's going into it, knowing exactly what you want, your cash position for the business. Do you need to inject cash? So you've got to liquidate stock or is it that you've got limited stock of the good stuff and you want to get the most for it? And so you then want to do a different type of promotion. So Basically, a couple of things you want to look at. You want to look at, and I appreciate this is to marketers, but yeah. you also got to ask the business, what's the cash position? Do we need to build cash or do we have a war chest that we can kind of like use? Yeah, and I think we always talk on the pod, right? Like the, the best marketers are the ones that are having those conversations with the business, right? Talking money, talking profit. How do we actually... Exactly. It's not, we're not talking yeah. marketing metrics, we're talking business metrics, yeah? So then you go, right, what's our stock position? Do we have lots of stock of our really good products or do we have stuff that we need to clear like because it, often it can take 60 days from placing an order to getting the product into your warehouse let's say if you're ordering from china 30 days to make it 30 days to ship it here so what will the position be when you come to black friday right looking at what sort of like the competitors are doing there's going to be a lot of people in pain so i think there's going to be some really big deals to really stimulate the economy basically particularly because like retail slows is the first thing that tends to slow once interest rates are going up and all of those bits and pieces. Yeah. Also, what you did last year probably won't necessarily sort of like work this year. You might also want to collect a load of email addresses so that you can really drive your email marketing, which becomes a really cost-effective thing. So look at those factors, understand the position, talk with the people that run the business, the accountants, and get a, what does this business need out of Black Friday? you might actually find that it's not worth you doing. I have lots of brands that don't do it. Mm. Like I actually think the default needs to be prove we need to do it, not we go and mm. do it. That's a really interesting perspective, right? Because I think a lot of businesses are operating that level down where it is very much what well, we're doing. it. of course, we're doing it. We did it last year. How do we, and you're looking basically at how do we beat last year's revenue, right? As opposed to taking a step back and going, should we be doing this? And if we do, what's success look like? rather than exactly. top-line revenue. And, and, uh, so, yeah, is it top-line revenue? Well, I mean, is it net revenue for a start, mm. like minus GST, or is it net profit, or is it clearing stock? If you're a marketer listening to this and you're thinking, I don't fundamentally understand these things, I couldn't explain it to somebody else. If you go to your client and say, hey, what does the business need? And then work back so that the marketing supports that, 
you're going to have a client for life. Mm. You, honestly, that's what they want. They don't want they don't want to be told increase your spending because Meta is not out of learning in this ad set. Mm. Like, honestly, that is like red rag to a bull. Mm. It's the marketing needs to serve the business. And if you show that understanding and have that curiosity to ask those questions, like you are going to be head and shoulders above so many sort mm. of like other people. So yeah, work out what it is that that business then needs and then come back with Love you. it. Let's presume the answer is yes. Like we do want to engage, we, whatever it is, we've got some excess stock, which we're happy to, to discount or we can bundle or whatever it might be. Like what are the practical things that you've seen kind of work in terms of approaching the period? Can I get you to give me a specific instance of like a business as in the too much stock or um, you want to bundle stuff or like what like could you roughly outline it and then I'll explain what you should do and why yeah let's go for instance let's pretend we're a re online retailer and we create we build watches for kids that are eight nine ten smart watches they're locked down so that kids don't have access to uh, social media don't have access to web browsers but can contact their parents and approve friends so let's pretend we're a business like that maybe. And then just let's do a second, just a classic online retailer selling fast fashion. Too much stock or too little stock? Let's do the first one, too much stock. And let's do the second one, not enough stock. Okay. So to, we'll start with too much stock. Do they get repeat Do they get repeat customers? The device, maybe a sibling gets one. Maybe the kid breaks one. Yeah, let's. Um, this is totally okay. You've got me. You've got me on the fly here because this is totally fictitious. No, no, no. It's, I, I, pre I, I appreciate go, that. But, but there's a recurring nature to say, like a a SIM card that has a you know five, ten, fifteen dollar a month data plan with a mobile got you. Okay. carrier. Perfect. And yeah, and sorry for putting you on the spot like that, but just um, I'm just, so, I'm a, I'm a bit impressed by my example. To tell you the truth, you've... yeah, it's pretty good. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, we should have prepared this. Before. I just I just thought of something that my um, my, my kid bought. <laughs> okay, so you still need to be profitable for each unit you sell because there's a chance they might buy a repeat one, but then there's kind of like the SIM card, the the bit that sort of like comes after. So there's a little bit sort of like there, right? We're overstocked. So if you're massively overstocked, the quickest or the quickest and best way is to just do a blanket kind of discount. Like you kind of go 20% off or this sort of like amount of time that will clear things really, really quickly. So if you're super overstocked and like, oh my God, we are gonna, we're gonna run out of cash by December. If this isn't good, this is what we need to do. So you're essentially kind of liquidating stock. You go big sort of like discount, off we sort of like go, right? If you've got a bit too much stock and every business either has too much or too little, you will never have the perfect amount of stock and you're gonna have random bits of stock sort of like as well. So let's say you're not super overstocked. What you would do is you would do an offer called like a buy and sell. So basically the offer is that you get the SIM card access free for six months, mm -hmm. right? With potentially a little bit of a discount sort of like for it. So that would be the discount. So there's value then. And then there's like, okay, I'm bought in with the hope that then you're getting the reoccurring sort of like revenue yeah. built sort of like onto it, yeah. right? Now you have the percentage that you discount is really closely related to your gross margin. That's not just the cost of the product. It's basically any variable cost as in the shipping it from the factory to your warehouse and all those bits and pieces. There's a really good model to work off. It's called 50, 30, 20, 50% 50 cost of 
that goes up and down for selling more of the product. 30% on your operating expenses. So like rent, staff, advertising, 20% net profit. Mm -hmm. So if you're on a 50% gross margin and you discount by 20%, you're all of a sudden down to 30%, mm -hmm. which is like a big sort of like drop. Yeah. So if you can go, hey, here's the SIM card for free for six months, they see the value, they use it, then you're going to get some reoccurring revenue. So that, that would be my sort of like approach there. Yeah. The second instance, if you're understocked, you basically want to do a buy and save or spend and save. So it's kind of, you know, buy two, get 20% off or buy two, get six month subscription for two SIM cards. Because yeah. what will happen is you'll get less revenue. So you won't get that woohoo moment that we like, but you'll get more profit or gross profit as it's called. Yeah. So do this a lot with lots of different retailers. Um, there's a really good person to follow on uh, LinkedIn called Jason Andrew. He wrote this amazing book called Stark Naked Numbers. It's about how to run a profitable e-commerce business. He talks a lot about these numbers. I highly recommend reading it and following him. I've learned so much from him. That's a great, great shout out. Yeah, with a buy, with a with a spend and save, you essentially your gross profit goes up. You don't lose as much stock because you don't have that much sort of like in, and so then you get more profit yeah basically. love it i love that yeah it's great great advice and then in terms of um like we're in august now as a as a marketer you know across all disciplines the more time we have to plan and prepare the better better time to put creative together what are the um the types of assets that you've generally seen like if you are going to run it you've just you know what the, you've decided on the promotion that kind of works best for you what's the kind of the things you'd normally be advocating a client to do in terms of getting the promotion out there into the market it's really interesting. The You essentially don't know what position you're going to be in at the end of November until like the start of October, right? Because how are sales going through August and September? So then actually it's that's when you can start making those decisions. Yeah. And essentially then everything has to filter sort of like down. So I always try and get everybody prepared as early as possible because it's a very busy time. And there's a lot of moving sort of like parts and everybody gets like the, the assets or the creative or the images or the videos and stuff to you as late as possible. And it makes it sort of like a little bit difficult. <laughs> it's knowing what position you're in October and essentially it's doing as much prep for that as possible and go, we could do this or we could do this. So what I tend to do is I just literally in like a Google doc will write, what is the goal of this campaign? It is to clear stock or it's to increase the cash flow or what have you, right? And then you go, right what's our messaging what's the promotion then going to be where are we going to put that promotion is that going to be on meta ads if so what's the format and you get down to like a really inane detail very quickly so then you can brief whoever's making the creative or the design or let's say you're using influencers to do a campaign to go right this is exactly what we need and these are the dates that we then need it by yeah. so We'll talk about when to start Black Friday as well, but actually I can probably get onto that, but yeah. it's having that prepared and that there are deadlines in a timeline yeah. and it's making it clear that if those are not ready by this time or a decision isn't made, because that's still an action, right? The decision is what will the promotion be? Yeah. Will it be a, do we have too much stock? So we're going site-wide discount. Is it that we don't have that much? So we do spend and save. It, these are the alternatives sort of like to it it can then filter through sort of like really well so yeah. i think really you kind of mid-september you can start have those planning meetings yeah for example any of the businesses i work we're not having those discussions yet okay 
because there's other things that we are then sort of working on. I know there's a lot of content out there at the moment, but a lot of the businesses I work with were quite good at managing the stock, yeah. which becomes sort of like a key sort of like thing. For it. It's one of those big levers that we kind of like pull. So then that's kind of mid-September. We can start thinking about those things. And then it's like, okay, so start of October, we need a decision from the business about what we want to get out of Black Friday. Yeah. Now, if they come back to you and say, hey, we just want more sales, I would question it and say, what type of sales? And then you get some interesting stuff. But as a marketer, you've taken into account the business considerations and then you can start planning. I have found that what works really well is extending the Black Friday period because mm. Black Friday isn't, it's not an official thing. There's an official day, but there's not a period for it. It's almost yeah. like, and there's the game, right? You play, who sees the first, who sees the first Black Friday ad and who sees the last one? <laughs> What's, 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 how early are we talking do you think well no let's let's i mean depending on what date this goes out let's see if we start to see so let's put it this way for me a minimum is two weeks beforehand okay because essentially traditionally it's just over like a long weekend right it's black yeah. friday cyber monday so it's yeah. the friday to the friday to the monday by extending that period you get a great opportunity of when people are actually ready to buy so they might be interested in it. You're going to get your hardcore people that sit there and go, right, I'm going to go and buy on these days. Yeah. But if you introduce it early, you've got that kind of window of the period that you can then sort of like sell in, right? And depending on what you're selling. So let's say you're selling like a big ticket item that takes like a lot of research. Let's use an extreme example here because I don't think a lot of cars are sold online unless you test the which they're playing a different game, right? Is that there's only so much money in the market to buy something like that. So the earlier you start, you can take people out of the market. Mm. Whereas if it's an impulse buy, if you've got a good hook, you sort of like, you kind of like good to go. So there's variations you can play with there. But for me, it's a minimum of two weeks out. Yeah. If not before, you can actually, you could do like a week. So let's say it's a total of three weeks. First week is subscribers or existing customers only. Say heads up, this is all happening. And then yeah. you go wider market. Before that, I've had a lot of success of, um, pumping up the sale to say that it's coming that is counterintuitive but i've had, and i didn't want to do it and i've only started doing the last couple of years that can work really well too okay because people and again this comes back to what your goal is and these things these are just examples but what i am seeing is that people are really holding off buying stuff because there was an uncertainty about interest rates yes the last one so we're recording this in august so there was an interest rate and then you see a bit of an uptick in sort of like sales. So I think people are holding off and the savvy shoppers know that these sales periods are coming. So you can then incentivize them to go, hey, do this sooner sort of like rather than later. Yeah. So the earlier then start. And again, it's, it's classic marketing, right? You just need to know your customer. Yeah. You need to know your customer, the way they're behaving, talk to them, see what kind of like works and then adapt black friday so that you own black friday and black friday doesn't, doesn't own, own you. you and then in terms of the actual mechanics of prominent display on the website obviously strong yeah. strong offers using your database yeah. sms email yeah so let me give you an example so there's so you you write your one page document on this is what we're going to achieve this is our main message these are the sub messages that we'll try and these are our different sort of hooks and we'll see what kind of captures yeah because you've also got a challenge with performance marketing that there's learnings that kind of like happen. So you've got to just go with what, you know, what works, those audiences that you've been running that are your go-tos of like, let's put the new ad in there. That's what you want to use. But yeah. like banner homepage, make it super clear, banner on category pages, 
message on product page. If you struggle with that, you can use pop-ups through something like Clavio or what have you. Like for example, I've got a client that's on Magento. It takes forever to get anything changed. So we use Clavio heavily to yeah, then okay. promote that at all the different stages. You want to match what you're talking about in the ad to the actual landing page of where you take people just to confirm it's there. Classic, don't kind of like make them think. Yep. Across all your channels that work sort of like really well. So let's say Google Ads, Facebook. I'm always a bit on the fence about, and I'll be keen to get your take on this, changing title tags for SEO so that it appears in the listings of having the promotion. I'm really against it. How come? <laughs> because you don't know when it's going to get recached and yeah. it will change. So if that page doesn't get recached until a week or two after Black Friday, somebody searches for kids' watches. Yeah. It says Black Friday deal up to 60% off. Yeah. And I appreciate Google will change what's actually on the title yeah. tag. For me, it's, SEO is not dynamic enough to do that. You don't have as much sort of like control. Yeah. And to be brutally honest in the agency, I can't think of a time when we've changed a title tag for an e-commerce promotion, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I haven't, like a client has to do it. I was like, yeah, like we, um, we definitely work in a way that we're advocating that your page title you know, should accurately describe what that page does, but it should be, it should be viewed as the same way would be split test testing through a paid ad title, because you yeah. is, you know you're trying to optimize click through rate, you're trying to get as many people on that search engine results page to click on that listing, um, compared to you know your competitors, and obviously Google sometimes shows it, sometimes they don't show it. Gone are the days of stuffing the page title with the keyword, <laughs> the fun days of the past. But yeah, I actually don't. I hadn't um. I actually can't think of an instance of us doing it for a kind of a short-term promotion, if that makes sense, where obviously yeah. if you hit ping Google to kind of recrawl the page and it doesn't, that you're kind of a bit out of yeah. date. And you can only ask it to recall like three or five a day. Or yeah. But I, I, me personally, the approach with SEO is you set up a Black Friday page yeah. and you have the same URL, you use it each year, you just update the details yeah. sort of like on that. Makes sense. Emails series of like all the hardcore email marketers will kind of hate on me for the delivery of this but i'm i go pretty sort of like hard and start wide in the campaign and go as many sort of as possible and sort of build up i often like the hey this is coming if you are doing sort of like kind of like the pump up ads beforehand yeah, yeah. the other really interesting thing that i only really cracked last year is the build up of spend beforehand so, and again, this was for a client that there's a bit of a long sort of like lead time. So we work very closely on the MER, marketing efficiency ratio. I'm sure most people are across it, but in case they're not, percentage of ad spend based on your net revenue is the target for what you spend on advertising. And you set that, we monitor that on a weekly basis. And we set that higher in the lead up and then it starts to come down rather than turning it up on actual Black Friday and stuff like that because it's very, very, very easy to overspend. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. If you've got an impulse buy, maybe it's slightly different. So again, it's kind of knowing what lever to pull. So a simple black and white description would be impulse buy, yes, turn up close to the time. If it's a bit more research, turn up to build your audiences and then put more focus on to like the remarketing side of things. Yeah. Actually saves you a load of cash and makes you a load more profitable. So it definitely wants to watch because I've been guilty of that before. I'm like, oh my God, it's Thursday, turn it up. Just sort of like, I'm like, go for it. And it was a bit of a risky one, but we, 
like working very closely with the client, like, hey, what are we going to do? Like, let's try doing this. It's like, yeah, and it worked. We, we did it for end of financial year, for example. Yeah, we interesting. Didn't keep turning stuff up. We would then see the the first day of the promotion do really well, and then the last day would do really well because we're humans, right? People either do stuff early or they do it late, yeah. like tax returns. People either do it on the 1st of July in Australia or they do it as late as possible. Right? 100%. <laughs> it's, it's very few people in the middle, right? Yeah, that's really, yeah, I love that. That's great. That's very practical and very useful feedback there, and I love that. And then how late are you happy to run them until, generally speaking, after Cyber Monday? I, I normally like the the Monday is kind of it. Yeah. Um, you can you can say extend sort of like for a couple of days. Promotions are really interesting, right? Because essentially, uh, and we are now in an environment, and I should mention this before, where it's very common to just go from promotion to promotion to promotion just to stimulate things, and so that trains your your customers to be to wait for that. Now, it's an easy thing to say from this idealistic point of view. Don't do that, mm. but you have to be a little bit careful with that. But the point is that essentially you can come up with any reason for a promotion. The reason that Black Friday works so well is that it's in the public consciousness and people are ready to spend. So what we actually see is we see conversion rates go up massively and yeah. more people are ready to sort of like to buy. Me personally, yeah, I don't go past sort of like the, the Monday. Um, if you do say extended or, you know, Black Friday extended to whatever, but as we were talking about sort of like before, I saw an end of financial year for like a competitor of one of my clients like the other day. And I was like, is that intentional or is that just really lazy? It's a little, I think we might have missed, missed the boat on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or, or I've, I've had, I've had Facebook just randomly turn ads on, like, and I'm just like, that's not meant to be on. So yeah, so yeah, but to answer the question, yeah, the Monday is normally when you can it, but you make a big deal about that's the end, that's yeah. when anybody that's opened emails, anybody that's engaged, it's like, oh, sorry, and the other thing on the site, countdown timers. Yeah. Love Huge. a countdown yeah. time. It's we're just geared towards them, right? Humans. Humans get moved around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, I'm now. <laughs> Love it. Fear the fear of loss. It drives it drives a lot. Mate, that's been awesome. I think anyone who is in an e-com environment, you're a marketer working in-house, you're a business owner running your own e-com business. I think you'd struggle to listen to that and not find practical things you could implement into this year's strategy. Um just yeah, quickly, how do people find you if they do want um, to chat with you about e-com? Easiest way is LinkedIn. I'm very active on there. I basically, when I work something out, I'll share it or regularly sort of like share tips. Yep. So just Ian Calvert. So Ian with two eyes, just to make it a little bit confusing. I get yep. called Lane a lot. Um, Thanks, mum and dad. There. Or, yeah, or just search for Boom e-commerce. That's kind of my training sort of like brand as well. I will happily talk to anybody about e-commerce just because I really enjoy it. So I definitely mean it. Hit me up. I love hearing the questions. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Well, I look forward to having you back on the pod soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for listening to the Smarter Marketer podcast. Stay up to date about new episodes on LinkedIn and Instagram by searching for Smarter Marketer podcast. You can purchase your own copy of Smarter Marketer via the Amazon website. And if you want a second opinion about your business's approach to digital marketing, send me an email, jamesl at rocketagency.com.au or visit the rocketagency.com.au website. Thanks for your time.